Hello and welcome back to another episode of My Hair Women in Film, a podcast where we sit down with women working across the film and TV industry to talk about their journeys, advice, and the importance of diversity in front and behind the camera. I am your host Evita and this is episode 38 with editor and actress Summer Spyro. So here I am with Summer Spiro. Is it Spiro, Spyro? It's Spyro, but I honestly don't mind how anyone says (laughs) it. (laughs) So for people who aren't already familiar with you and your work, can you just briefly introduce yourself to our listeners, what you've done, what you're keeping yourself busy with right now? Yeah, um, so I'm Summer Spyro. I am predominantly an actor. I have started in acting and started in the theater and um, also love music and that somehow led me to in high school learning how to edit in my film class and um, now I'm a actor editor filmmaker of sorts Um, and yeah I'm currently you know acting in projects and editing lots of short films and music videos and um, narrative projects of my own as well as like a lot of my other filmmaker friends and um that has been keeping me pretty busy that sounds great so i mean uh you mentioned you know you're acting editing and you also have a background in music i saw that you're both of your parents are musicians isn't that right yeah yeah that's true um my both my parents are singer songwriters that's how they met And when my sister and I were pretty young and in high school, we started singing and playing guitar and writing songs and all that. So we had a little, a little dabble in music as well. Um, But I I really think that the music uh, background in me is what has informed editing because editing is like timing and tempo. And, and I feel like music is something, you know, it's hard to like, if someone um, can't play music at all or not play music, but just like understand beat and rhythm um that to Mm -hmm. me is like what editing fundamentally is yeah Yeah. so that was helpful (laughs) that's so interesting yeah yeah because I was literally I was thinking about that I was like is there do you find there's a correlation between music and editing that having a background in one helps and influences the way you do the other totally 100% because in a song you know you don't have every instrument playing the same thing the whole time you don't have the drums, the piano, the strings that, you know, there's so many changes and understanding the construction of a song, I think like really has helped me. I think just as a, uh, any type of artist, um, because it, it shifts, you know, you can't have the same, you know, your car alarm, even if your car alarm goes mm-hmm. off, they, they don't just play the same car alarm. You know, they play, you know, it like goes because they want to make you pay yeah. attention. You like have to pay attention because it changes. And I feel like music is the same thing. There's an intro, a verse, a chorus, a bridge. And that's, you know, the same thing with editing is, is um, you have to find where it shifts and, and match what the performance is doing. Yeah, that's so interesting. And obviously, I mean, a lot of music is also added in post and there's a lot to do with that rhythm that pace you know when a certain song comes in when you get the soundtrack up at this point that's also you know very much um, coordinated with the editing of everything totally especially like I mean obviously with drama that's true but there's there's more room with drama but with comedy like you really that timing really needs to be 
right on. And it's, yeah. And, and I think a lot of people don't realize that um, an editor does have to craft the joke, even though the actor did it in real time, probably beautifully, the editor still has to recreate it or change it. You know, it's not just like you do it exactly the way the actor did. You still have to put someone else's reaction in there exactly match the way they said it, the timing they said it, or fix it to make the timing work a little bit more. Or um, I think people think it's just whatever the actor did is what is on there, but you really, the editor has to, you know, make sure that it's um, intact again. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's probably one of the reasons people don't talk about this because it's, you're not supposed to really notice the editing often you know <laughs> but you do notice if if it's not done well and if there's like a like an overlap or something where they almost play the same scene again like there's a, a bit in the first hunger games movie um when katniss volunteers and they i don't know it's such a big budget movie and there's a scene where she like you can see that the cutting just doesn't work um and it just it, for a minute for a second it takes you out of it and editing supposed to just keep you in there, right? Totally. Because I say I show my mom everything that I do and she knows <laughs> nothing about editing or like film or, you know, the ins and outs. She's just a viewer. And I just ask her, like, did you notice it? Did you <laughs> did you notice the cut? You know, and if she says no, like if she just gets the story, you know, that's that to me is what it should be. I think it's also interesting because. I don't think a lot of people think of editing as a particular creative job. I think it can sound like a very technical thing because you're sitting in some dark room on a computer <laughs> editing, right? And they're like, this couldn't possibly be creative. And it's like, well, that's kind of the same thing as writing. But do you find it to be a creative process? I will say I am a fully creative person who learned how to technically do it. I wouldn't say I'm a technical person who knows how to, you know, knows how to, you know, self teach, you know, self, self learn certain softwares and stuff. Like I taught myself how to do it, but it's because I could hear it. I could see it. I, and then I just had to teach myself how to make it happen. You know, um, it wasn't the other way around where, um, you know, I knew how to learn, I, I knew how to work the software and then I, you know, just started editing. It was like, it's the opposite for me. I don't think I'm the most tech savvy at all. I feel like I thank God for AEs <laughs> for me. Um, I don't always use one, but when, when I do use one, it's tremendously helpful. And when I have to do my own like AE work, I tell them it's going to be longer because um, I'm slower at that stuff. I'm, it's just like not natural to me, but it is natural to me to like craft a scene or like yeah, put together a scene that to me feels super natural and watching the takes. I love that stuff. <laughs> yeah. How long do you find it usually takes you to edit? I guess it really depends on what is you're editing, but generally speaking, what is your editing process like? Um, it, it definitely depends on the process. Um, I... It depends. I like to say like a page a day, which sounds really slow, but I just like to, I like to be able to try stuff and I don't like to rush through a cut. I really love making the rough cut like 
my cut. Like, this is what I love. This is how I would do it. This is the performance I saw that, and I, you know, I'll make a moment out of something like that's to me, the rough cut is like, you know, that's the creative cut to me. And then everything after that is like tweaking it to be more of um, what all the collaborators are are looking for. Mm-hmm. So interesting. Uh, actually, just want to jump into one of the listener questions we got because it's something that's said quite a lot on set and I don't know how you think of it. Like what your take on it is as an editor and that is we'll fix it in post. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I don't work on humongous movies. You know, I'm not editing like yeah. big blockbuster. I'm editing like short films or like digital series, which still are, you know, amazing projects, but they don't have endless budget. So when they say fix it in post, I'm like, who? Who's fixing it in post? <laughs> because um I'm not (laughs) you have to hire someone to fix that light in the shot or whatever um fix it in post yeah I go fix it in post means we're cutting it (laughs) 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 fixing it in post means it's getting cut there has to be some sort of collaboration you have to like think of the editing process almost while you're shooting I would I would also say that like the thing about editing that's fun is there are no more, um, there's nothing else to shoot. You have what you have. There are no more ideas about what you could have done, what, you know, what you should have gotten. You just have what you have. So you have to make do with it. And I actually really like that part. I like being like, oh, you wanted to fix this in post, but guess what? Like, it's just going to be something different. It's let's, what can we do with this? That will still be really interesting and serve the story. It might not be what you tried to do, but we could do something really interesting here with what we have that may or may not have been the initial idea. Absolutely. It's just a very underrated part of the process. Um, What's your favorite thing about it? Oh man, that's such a good question. (laughs) Very broad. Well, sometimes it's hard because sometimes it just, you know, it's hard because sometimes you do just want to rip your hair out because it is slow and you kind of know where it needs to go, but there's so much work to get it to that point. Um, I think I love um, the first rough cut. I thought I love, I love that. I love, you know, watching it back and moving it forward slowly, you know, going to the top, watching it and figuring out what to do next. I really like that part. I like that a lot. <laughs> it must be so satisfying to like see it go from all of this different type of footage to having like that finished product. It is really satisfying. And it's definitely something you don't get from acting because in acting, you have no control. You know, you just show up and you do your thing and then you have no idea how it's going to turn out. You have no say over it. And with editing, you really get to be thoughtful about the choices. You get to, you know, serve the story and and make it make it everything that it should be, or or try your best to make it everything that it should be. You know, it's really it is really hands on, very creative, and very um, it's very satisfying, very satisfying. <laughs> so let's go back to acting for a moment. You said you 
went to like theater. Um, what? Where did the love or um, urge to act come from? I think just like my first, the first play I was in, in like fourth grade, I just loved it. I just. And I think everyone else did, but I just like kept on going and like everyone else was like, this was fun. We're done. And I'm like, you're done. I thought we loved this. <laughs> um, Proper theater kid. Totally theater nerd. <laughs> um, high school is just like theater, you know, day and night. Um, and I loved that. And obviously I'm like the only one that continued and they all have, you know, real jobs. And I'm just like <laughs> doing a million things. Um but yeah, I just, I loved acting. And then um, I really wanted to get into film because I loved movies. I think that's why I loved acting because I, I loved movies so much. And um, yeah, moved to LA and started auditioning and still doing plays here and there and meeting people in theater who also did film. And um, one of my really good friends, Alexis Jacknow, who's made you know a ton of short films I've edited all of her short films and we've well, almost all of her short films and we met on a, a touring production of Dracula a play <laughs> so they've 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 they feed each other um but I think I just love the whole the whole storytelling umbrella you know I love it all yeah well so you how old were you when you moved to LA then god 23 or something I didn't go to college you know I went to a community college but I just did enough credits to sign up to do the plays at the college so then I would like withdraw from the class after the play was over like I never I like have so many college credits from high school but I just like never used them um because obviously my parents are artists too and they just you know that's just how it went in my house um but yeah um, I totally forgot what you asked me what did you ask me <laughs> <laughs> I was just asking like what what did it feel like to make that move yeah it was oh well it was actually easy because I was born in LA I was born in LA oh right, right but I was raised in San Diego in Carlsbad so I did so much commuting before I actually moved um my sister and I commuted all the time like every week or every other week so it it was a move that made a lot of sense and um yeah it was pretty easy okay so it wasn't like a oh my god I'm totally alone in this city I don't know no I mean there were times where I, I don't particularly like love LA you know I this is where work is this is where I have to be but um you know it was like yeah we're here we're doing the thing that's that <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, and then, okay, so I have to ask this, just because um, I'm just a bit curious. So moving on to like projects you've worked on, I saw that you're credited under narrative tech for Westworld. Yeah. What, what, what does narrative tech mean? I'm like, just from... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why I'm called narrative tech. <laughs> So what were you doing? What was? <laughs> it's so funny you ask that. I'm. I also stumped. I'm like, what is that? <laughs> um. No, I'm pretty sure I, I just played one of the um, 
technicians that worked on the robots. So I think I they oh, gave me narrative okay. tech to like. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I've never. Yeah, I. I think... <laughs> Is this like some very niche editing role? Like what? I I just was not. No, I was an actor in it. <laughs> <laughs> that was so funny i was like so i'm supposed to like form the storyline for the robots but uh -huh. like as an actor <laughs> right interesting it was really funny because like the other guy uh, in the scene with me his title was lead narrative tech i was like oh or is mine lead narrative? i can't remember but i was just like what are these titles I don't know. <laughs> uh, okay, so great. Funny. Thank you for <laughs> clearing that up. <laughs> uh, well, um, how did uh, that come to be? Was that, you know, just went to an audition? And... Yeah, it's funny. Like, most of my acting work has come from, like, me knowing somebody, someone seeing me in this. Someone, I meet, met someone here and they saw me in this thing, yada, yada this is one of the few times where like I went in for an audition and just got the part, which honestly never happens to me. That happens to other people, but that doesn't happen to me. So um, yeah, that was, I mean, super tiny little part, but it was obviously really, really fun. I mean, they shoot on film and there's, it's a humongous production. It's just, oh my God, it's just yeah. crazy. It was really crazy. Uh, you were just like, don't mess up because no one cares about you and you are so replaceable like don't mess up <laughs> but yeah yeah it was a good time <laughs> and then one of the other projects i want to talk about is platonic platonic um which is i watched it it's on youtube i'll link it down below for people it's a really good and just very fresh miniseries about relationships specifically lgbtq ones and you play one of the main characters and you also edited the series um but can you tell me a bit about how you first got involved with this project and what that whole process was like yeah so it all comes back to theater i met candy buckley who is a genius theater actress she is legendary on a play i did at la jolla playhouse called the squirrels and her and i just hit it off And she was telling me about her daughter and her daughter um, is a writer, playwright, filmmaker. And then I met with her daughter. She made a short film and she asked me to edit it. That was called CC Dances the Go-Go. I edited that short film. We just hit it off because I love her and I love her mother. <laughs> and, um, and then she was like, I'm making this digital series called Platonic. I would love for you to edit it. And I was like, oh, great. I would love to edit it. And then a week before she went into production she was like my lead actress something happened and she couldn't do it and she was like do you think you could like learn all this in a week and um I love a challenge so I did it um and it was, it was so much fun it was really I mean you can tell it was just really bare bones the tiniest crew you can imagine um we just kind of went for it and made it for you know two weeks or a week and a half in New York And then when I got home, I started editing. And that's honestly, that was one of the hardest things I have ever, ever done. Just because I'm watching myself and I can't stand the way my voice sounds. And I can't, you know, you're just like, oh my God. I just like, it was really tough. I would just sit in front of the computer for hours and like 
barely make any progress. But um, because we were working remotely, she was in New York and I was in LA. So I was sort of left to my own devices, which was really difficult <laughs> first. Cause I was just like, I need someone here to just be like this, that take, that take for me. But um, I got through it, got through it. And it was fun. It, I learned so much. I learned so much. Um, yeah, I learned just a ton on that project about myself and performance. And if, you know, ever wanting to make something myself, it was just like really an interesting way to just be like, you have to kind of just get over yourself and, and do the damn thing. Yeah. Obviously, it's not even the same as video editing. I don't think I would be able to do that to myself, but I edit this podcast and I have to listen to my own voice. And I think for like the first two times, it was just agony to like replay it. And I'm just like, why do I sound like this? Please stop it. Stop talking. No one wants to listen to you. That's so funny because, yeah, I did another podcast and I made the mistake of listening to it to myself and I was just like shut up Uh, and you just get so hypercritical of yourself like you know I have to remind myself that like other people's humanism is what I love so I'll never be able to see my own humanism or my own things and like them never ever so you just have to like ignore yourself and just put it out, do it, and it, and don't even look at it because you'll never be able to fall in love with your own quirks, you know? Do you think now, having edited it and done it all, do you, do you think it, it was a benefit that you were the lead? Like, how do you think it has affected you as an editor to, you know, go through all of that footage and work with it? I think it was a difficult project just in the sense of, like, time and budget you know so we had what we had and we cut half of what was on the page so you know could someone else have edited it I'm sure I'm sure they could but I know that the way Aaron and I worked already as far as incorporating music and our musical tastes and her musical tastes we already were so close in that way that it just made perfect sense to do it um I would say it was helpful for me, maybe even more than her, because, you know, I have the desire to direct more um, and make my own material. So it was really helpful in that way to see um, what that might be like (laughs) if I was working on my own project. Um, But I don't think I would do that for many other people because it's just it's just a little too difficult and you want the director to feel free to be like oh no you know like you want the director to feel free to when a performance isn't working to say it and if you're the editor who's also the performer they probably don't feel comfortable being like you sucked in this part <laughs> so you know there, there was that I'm sure there was moments like that for her but I think um you know we just had a great time doing it. We knew what the project was. We knew it was really small and we just we just made the best of it and had a great time. And um, so now, how do you think that project has affected 
maybe like the way you you're, you're acting um, or the way you think of yourself as you're acting uh, do you feel more or less self-critical that's a good question I think less self-critical I think also it was a fun thing to do because it really felt the most like me that character like it just felt it just felt sort of like an extension of who I already was so that was fun and very freeing it was also the last acting I did before COVID so it was something I kind of clung on to of just like okay you did something at the beginning of this year you're not completely rusty and totally out of touch like there was so much to memorize and there was so much to do that I, I, I felt really happy that I had done something that was so challenging right at the top of 2020. So um, that was really nice to have. But um, I think it was a good learning experience for me as an actor, for sure. Probably more than an editor. I mean, editing, it was being the actor was the part that was hard. I just think it's so cool because I mean, I, again, I, go through the same process editing this um and at some point I feel like you just get to a point where you're like you know you just become so much more accepting of yourself once you like cross that threshold um of like oh everything you're doing is wrong and a lot of a lot of actors talk about how they never watch their own movies and that because it can be really terrifying at first like or even I have a lot of writer friends who are like I never show anyone my script until I know it's like 100% done. And even then, it's only a few people. You know, I don't want to... You get so protective over for yourself. But I think pushing through that, and it is uncomfortable at first. You know, it's not something you're going to want to do forever. But I think it can be really, really valuable to just accept yourself in that way and not like be held back by some uh, you know back thought that's like no one likes what you're doing <laughs> or just you know that you're you're not doing this right and yeah I just think creatives we're just very very protective and self-critical at the same time of ourselves totally totally and it's you're so right it really is just about accepting yourself it, it really really is because as an artist like there's no such thing as perfection there's no such thing as like doing it right getting it right you know it's all about like you try to tell the truth and then you try to do it you know your best and you have to just like let it go and I'm usually pretty good at that because with acting there's so much rejection that you just kind of have to let it all go and not take any of it personally um but um my friend Hannah Lehman who directed two sides which is the series I did I just finished three seasons of editing that she's <laughs> I know she's amazing at just not getting lost in the sauce you know she's not like oh but her hand is there now or oh, but she put the drink down again. Maybe we, like she doesn't like continuity get in the way or like little things get in the way of the big picture. Um, and that's something that I've really always take away from working with her is she she doesn't let any of the little things uh, mess up what, what, the, what the intention is, what the goal is of the storyline. She's just like, let's keep pu pushing forward on what's important. We, they are important, not not the drink on the table. You know, if we're watching the drink on the table, we're in big trouble. So yeah, she's great at that. I have another listener question, uh, which I think could be interesting. Do you, 
obviously we talked about earlier how editing is supposed to be something you don't really notice but as an editor do you notice it when you watch movies do you pay attention to it yeah yeah there are some most times I get lost in the story sometimes I'll be like that was weird you know especially if I'm in the middle of editing a project I can't watch tv if I'm not editing a project great while I'm like in the middle of editing a project it really is all I can see sometimes um sometimes I can tell when they've overdubbed a line at the back you know when the actor when we're just looking at the back of their head to end the scene I'm like mm -hmm. oh they need yes. to get out of there <laughs> <laughs> um, but a lot of times I like what I see editing that I just really love you know like all of Jean-Marc Vallée's stuff. I just, I die for all of that editing so much. I just, I love that stuff. And I'll watch it again and again and again and be like, how did they do this? This is so good. <laughs> Are there any particular techniques that you really like to see? Like, is there a, oh, I like it when they do that. Oh, hmm. oh man, I'm sure there is. I got to think of one. <laughs> Um, I'm really into right now, like when you're hearing a scene happen, but the shot is just like a mundane, like, just like some wide shot of the ocean and you're hearing the scene happen, but you're not watching it yet. I love that stuff. <laughs> oh yeah. Like when they do the like little dialogue intro and you, they keep you on the, on the, and the hook in that way yeah yeah I love that totally yeah I like I like surprises like that I think as you edit more and more you you want to do that more and more because you're like okay her him her him you know whatever it just sort of gets you're like what else can we do that that makes it feel um engaging yeah yeah keep the keep the brain alive <laughs> I know I also I also try to because I think a lot of directors really want to see someone's face when they're talking and I, I try and I don't always succeed in being like, it's, we don't need to be on their face. We can watch the other person listening. That sometimes is a lot more interesting. I try and I push for that, but sometimes it's difficult with certain, if it's moving really fast, sometimes you, you just got to see the person speak so that you're just like, I don't know, keep keeping, keeping tabs on the storyline, but in short films or like in film, I, I love, I love not sticking to that you know mm -hmm. yeah yeah I think I, I guess you edited a lot of short films and a lot of um, like shorter material like these web series um is there any advice you'd give to particularly maybe film students who are editing for the first time maybe um, probably editing a lot of it themselves um their short films things that, just tips that you'd give to either things you'd say to avoid or just tiny things that can really up it a bit. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, you definitely like just from a practical standpoint, you want to learn shortcuts to keep your work, your working, like your clicking to a minimum because yeah, too much clicking can really slow you down. Um, that's just like a practical thing. And I've had to, I've had to ask people like, Oh, I, some, some things I didn't even know were possible still just on this last project. I like learned how to like cut exactly where my cursor is. I have never, <laughs> I never knew that. And I was like, Oh, oh my God, I didn't know you could do that. Thank God. Um, 
But I would say um, you have to, it's hard. Gotta watch every take. I know there are like some people, like directors who are editing their own thing. They like, they think they know exactly what take, but like you should really watch every take um, and be really focused on that and see what else is there. Um, even sometimes when director's like, I only like this, like, I only like this take, it's like, doesn't matter because sometimes we need, sometimes they didn't enter the scene right in that, in that take or they, they something happened in that take and, and we'll need something else. So um, watching every take. And then when you have your scene sort of mapped out, I think it's really helpful sometimes to just like listen, to close your eyes and not watch, to just close your eyes and listen to them speak to hear the music of it. And same thing, if it's like B-roll, I never watch it with the sound on. I turn the sound off sometimes just to see what's there. Cause if it's like, ran if you're hearing random stuff, it can be so distracting. Um, so sometimes I like to watch with no sound on and then listen with my eyes closed. Great advice, <laughs> take notes. <laughs> Is there, uh, what, what software would you recommend? I work on Premiere Pro. I think it's so easy and intuitive. I, I love it. Um, we, when I was in high school, you know, we just, I learned on iMovie. <laughs> and then obviously I was like, man, this thing doesn't, can't do anything. Um, and then learn Premiere Pro, you know, like whatever, how years and years and years and years and years ago. But um, I also just like begged people to let me edit their stuff. I also was just like, let me edit this, let me edit that. You know, there's video is everything. Video, I like, there's just always something that needs editing. Yeah, like I remember when I first heard of YouTube and the first video we uploaded on YouTube being like, what is this? This is, and we had a blast with it. But like now it's just like, there's so much video. So I think practices practices really good definitely definitely great um so if you could give some advice to yourself when say uh you had just moved to LA now with all of your experience and well let's not get into the butterfly effects but what's something that you would um tell yourself as you're about to venture out into this industry just not to take anything personally. Just don't waste your time wondering what you said wrong. If you lost a job because, oh, to not analyze why you may lose a job or why they may have picked someone else or um, to not get caught up in that. And at the same time, like there, you get here and there's so much like networking talk that for me, I don't it really like I don't like that. There's something about it that just doesn't feel creative to me. It just feels um, fake. Like it feels fake to me. And to not get caught up in all that, to not get caught up in all the networking events and 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 too much of that, you know, just like, it's really all about what you're doing. And if what you're doing is good at the end of the day, you know, you can know a gajillion people, but if the work you want to do isn't, if you're not doing it or, you know, you're not good at it yet, then it doesn't really matter. It's, it's really all about just like focusing on what it is you want to do and getting really, really good at that. Get your hands dirty. You learn, you learn the best way through, through actually doing things. Um, yes. And there's so many things you can do now without needing someone to like give you a stamp of approval and just, you know, try different things out. Totally. I will say that like the first year my sister and I moved to LA, we lived in the guest house of this band and the band was going on tour and they were like, 
my sister and I had made a few like little videos, like little, like nothing, like just little videos. And they were like, can you come on tour and take videos of us, do what you did, like videos of us and edit them. And it'll be like our band, like vlogs or whatever you call it. And we were like, yeah. And we had no idea what we were doing. We shot all day. You know, we didn't like plan out stuff. We shot all day, had a, like 24 hours of footage at the end of every day. And I had so much, I was editing it all. I was just like, what do I, what do I do with all this? I would like, we'd be driving at night in the bus and I would put a blanket over me so I could edit and the light wouldn't wake anybody up because we'd be driving overnight. And that was like the greatest thing I ever did because I just like, I learned so fast, made so many mistakes and it didn't really, you know, it didn't matter. It still turned out great, you know, um, but just kind of going in over your head, I think is a, is a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Great. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, I've been asked to include a bit more movie and television recommendations. Um, and so I would like to recommend to anyone who's watching The Wilds. Uh, it's a TV show on Amazon Prime Video created by Sarah Streicher probably the wrong pronunciation, um, but it's like a 10 episode mystery drama about a group of teenage girls stranded on an island. And it's just, it's a riveting show. And I did not hear enough people talk about it when it first came out. So for anyone who's looking for something that's, you know, female driven, very original, um, and subverts your expectations in a calculated way, um, I would suggest go watch that. Do you have any recommendations, any must-see or things you've watched recently? Um, it's not recent, but I loved Unorthodox. Yes. I loved that show. I thought it was just so well done. I really loved that show. So I know it was like last year, but I'm still thinking about it. It's really good. Oh, yeah. There's just going to be those that just stick with you. And I mean... There's a new TV series like every other day, it feels like. I know, so <laughs> I know. I'm sure there are a lot of people who have that one uh, to watch still. And I think that's Netflix, right? Yeah, Netflix. Yeah, it's a really good one. I got to watch The Wild. I haven't even heard about that. Mm -hmm. oh, it's just a brilliant, like, I don't know, um, very, it, it just surprises you constantly. Ooh. And it's so personal. Mm -hmm. You have like, um, well, I think it's like 10 girls and every episode is focused on each of them, all from different parts of the US. And it's just, oh, it's so well paced and set and foreshadowing, everything. It's just chef's kiss. <laughs> wow. Gotta watch it. Sold. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this was not paid. I was not paid for by Amazon to do this. <laughs> Please don't. Like, this is a genuine recommendation. <laughs> yeah, we have to say that about everything else. Yeah. Everyone's getting paid yeah. to say stuff. <laughs> I know. Uh, and so it has. Uh, it's time for our Women Who Inspire a shout-out. Now, Summer, is there a woman you admire personally or professionally that you would like to give a shout-out to? Gosh, I'm so unprepared. There are so many. Oh God. Um, I'm going to say Hannah Lehman, who I just worked with for six months straight on two sides on her project, two sides. She is a gem. She is fabulous at what she does. She is 
kind and giving and fun and hilarious and hardworking and she is a boss. Is there any last message you'd give to any woman out there listening right now um, in any creative or just general message? Just we got to get in there. We are really good at this and women have intuition just women women have intuition like it's crazy and that's what makes us really really good storytellers so we got we got to get in there get in there <laughs> and where can people find you find your work support it, everything i mean i am on instagram and I think that's where I put stuff. I'm not, I'm just like, so not good at sharing everything sometimes. Like I have a Vimeo, but I'm like, what's on there? I have no idea. Um, I think, yeah, Instagram, I'm, I'm there. I like to talk to people on there and you can find me on there. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing all of your editing and acting and just insight with us today. Thank you so much for having me. This was great. If you would like to see more about women in the film industry, go follow us on Instagram at Making It Women in Film and check out our brand new website, womeninfilm.co.uk. We're posting lots of recommendations, reviews, discussions, statistics, all that good stuff. See you next week.